welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow host, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey, what's going on, man? Not much, Shanae-Nay. Uh-huh. Uh, you want to have my baby? Oh, boy. Oh, my. So here we are, uh, early in the year, second episode of 2019, and guess what we're going to do? Uh, what are we doing, Rich? We're going to prematurely... Oh. What are we going to do prematurely? That doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't like anything that starts with prematurely. Do a rookie mock draft. Uh, a way too early rookie mock draft, uh, even before we even start breaking down tape, because we're not going to be breaking down these players individually here for like another month. Um because we got to start watching tape and got a little bit into it this week. Uh, fell down a rabbit hole of Josh Jacobs. Uh, I think we both did, sir. So that kind of like threw me through a lump. But what I did here is, you know, there's a lot of scouts that I respect. I went and looked at their rankings and how who they liked a lot. Uh, kind of got to get a consensus who the top 15, 20 guys were. Uh, watched very little tape of each guy. Just to kind of get a consensus, read some scouting reports. A little glimpsy here and there. So we kind of got a, like a chalk here mock draft of the first round. And towards the back end, I kind of did a little bit different just because to give you an idea how deep the tight end class is going to be, which is going to be a really deep tight end class. Basically, if you need a tight end, this is going to be the class where you could probably take a couple stabs at about four different guys late in the draft. Mm-hmm. Like I could look at this draft this year and just like from the third round on, I take nothing but tight ends to try and find that next grade tight end. Uh, I think the strong suits at tight end, followed by receiver here. Running black, running back class is going to be a little bit thin. Uh, it is right so far coming away. I think the the, the NFL combine is going to be very important for this class. Yeah, a lot, I mean, of, I, a lot of numbers we got to figure out. I was going to say there's a lot of, um, I guess, unconfirmed height weights, and, and, and it's important more so I think in this one because a lot of these guys are listed at like six foot four, two hundred and twenty five pounds, two hundred three, and a lot of the times. They're listed six four, six five, and then they come in at like six one, six two. So I mean, there is a bit of a difference. I mean, obviously the tape is going to tell the true story, but um, there is a difference between a six three wide receiver and a five foot eleven wide receiver, um, just as far as you know, go up and get it type of skills. So the combine's in a month and a half, and right after combine, you know, we do our combine coverage, and right after that, we're going to start breaking down the rookies. Right after that, so we got about a month and a half until we start breaking these guys down here. And obviously, we got we have the East West Shrine game coming up this, this Saturday. Weekend. Yep, um, uh, a couple of news, you know, like like that uh, running back out of Nebraska, Divine Ozigbo. I, and of course, if any names we pre- pronounce bad in this next this episode or not, sorry, we haven't bro- I don't have him broken down that, but he had a good game today. Caught the ball really well at the East West Shrine game, so that is this weekend. Sorry, I interrupted. No, no, and then the following weekend is the Senior Bowl. So the, those are the, the things that are coming up that. You know, you as listeners can go out there and kind of search out. I'm not sure. I think they're both televised. Um, yes. So, you know, you can get senior board a little bit more important than the East West trying game. Right. Obviously, a lot of the times guys you want to follow the guys. There's sometimes guys that get boosted up from the East West trying game to the senior ball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that um, uh, it's an important it's an important thing to work. We'll to talk about at. it. We'll talk about yeah. that after it happens. The senior Absolutely. bowl. Uh, I think next week we're going to do uh, we're going to re rank the rookies. Um, and kind of do a quick synopsis of the rookies and where we think they're going to next year. Maybe try and get into more than 12 of them. Maybe try and get into like the 15 of those guys. Okay. Uh, rebreak those guys down. I, I know the tops change pretty drastically. You know, Nick Chubb, a huge boost. 
Uh, to me, I think Karrion Johnson still gets a huge boost. The the receivers get uh, realigned. Reshuffled, yeah. Reshuffled there. Yep. So that'll be next week. And besides that, this week going into here, again, if we mispronounce the name, you know, we'll get it right soon. You get more into the tape. Uh, again, it's really light on the tape, but this is a really good synopsis of the – this is chalk. This right? is your introduction to some yeah. of these rookies. And maybe you haven't been following college football all year, and this is your first introduction to some of these guys. Some so. of these guys will get boosted down, drop down. Some guys are going to get boosted up, definitely because of the draft, definitely the running backs. I, again, I think the NFL draft's going to determine a lot here. I think the NFL combine's going to determine a lot. I think the draft is going to more determine so the running backs' value more than anything but i mean so far what i've seen out of these like after I'm, like right now i got i was updating my database of all the people in there you know some height some weight these receivers are monsters this would be the largest receiver class i've ever seen in my life that's what i mean if if they're all legitimately i mean watching the 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 bit of tape that we have already i do think that you know these guys are as big at least semi as big as they're listed i mean oh, there's some big dudes out there yeah there's definitely some some big guys so um and it's deep at t- and this class is gonna be really deep at tight end yep. i mean there's some guys in here like and boy do we need it with the loss of i mean i've been seeing people out here on twitter saying oh maybe we should get rid of the tight end uh what yeah you know, you know, some guys um you know not i'm not trying to throw these guys saying these guys are they're, they're their own ideas i think it's a terrible idea personally but like because there's the values like they've just disappeared like the value at tight end well the way i look at it mostly is a shitload of people got hurt this year at tight end and yeah it just makes it more value it makes george kittle way more valuable absolutely uh, it I- makes travis kelsey way more value it just puts more value into that position of getting a tight end it's a drought same thing like you know before there's somewhat of a drought at running back a couple of years ago mm-hmm. now you look at dynasty rankings all the top guys on top of dynasty rankings are running backs before it was made to be a one running back in the first round of a dynasty draft, two, three guys, maybe at the most. Now you look at the top four. I've seen rankings where people are the top first five guys in dynasty at running back. Right, and and it makes sense. I mean, it, not to me. It, no, I'm just saying it. This stuff always seems to come in waves. You know what I mean? As far as what what position groups have have a glut. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and you touched on it. I mean, this is just a dry spell for the tight ends. Um, you know, with guys like. Gronk being totally inefficient. Hunter Henry, a young guy going down early. Um, you know, obviously the old the older guys, Jimmy Graham, those type of guys just kinda like falling. Yeah, completely. just kind of falling off completely. And even, you know, like there was guys Will Will Disley was was performing well early in the year, blew out his ACL. So I mean there, there was there were a lot there was a lot of turnover there. Jake Butt, you know, some a lot of people had, you know, some hopes for him coming into this year. It, it, it's just a lot there's, of a lot of the teams. the The bottom just kind of fell out. There's a, now, okay, and we're lucky because this draft is really deep at tight mm-hmm. end. We had a decent rookie class at tight end the last couple of years in my eyes too, and it takes yep. time to develop. So, like for me, like I like buying a lot of Evan Ingram shares mm-hmm. this year. Like I'm in on Evan Ingram. I'm buying low on him for sure. Uh, I I bought Chris Herndon today. You know, I texted you. I got him for a twenty twenty second. Yeah. Chris Herndon, right? I feel really good about that. Uh, yeah, I think absolutely. it'll be a big ta- target share there for the Jets. So he's going to be up and coming. We got guys like Dallas Goddard in mm-hmm. Philly, who's who I predict to have a really good year. Mark Andrews, who we liked over Hayden Hurst to begin with, looks good in Baltimore. Right. Not even and Hayden Hurst hasn't even done anything yet. He was a first round pick. Mike Gesicki didn't do anything, didn't do anything. in Dolphin yep. with the Dolphins last year. But we have a new coach coming in, new scheme. Hopefully he 
progresses as well. I think there's a lot of youth out there, a lot of unknown. Yeah, don't don't forget about Ian Tom, uh, Ian Thomas over there in Carolina getting a, getting an opportunity because another guy went down, Greg Olson, who I forgot to mention. Yeah, um, so it's just a wave of things. But this year, I think you can make a lot of ground. There's some really high upside tight ends, and we'll talk about this at the back end of this draft. So, with all that said, um, I think again, I think the strong suit here is going to be tight end and receiver. But I do have a lot of questions about these receivers because they do have a lot of upside, but some of these guys are strictly upside right? Uh, with a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. And there's some running backs in here. And what, what I'm real curious about is I dig deeper in this running back class, I'm going to get really excited because I've only watched tape really on two running backs so far, like enough to talk about today. Right. I haven't even scratched the surface on all these guys. I know there's going to be some gems in here that I'm going to like. You know, I haven't watched uh, – What's his face from Oklahoma? Rodney Anderson, who hurt his knee. Mm-hmm. High upside player. Uh, Daryl Henderson from Mem- Memphis. Right. Uh, guys like that that we aren't even going to be talking about today that are, have the possibility to squeeze into the first round. You know, Damian Harris from Alabama possibly could squeeze in here. Justice uh, Hill. Justice Hill. Miles Sanders. Benny, Benny Snell Benny from Snell. Kentucky. Yep. There's a lot of players we're not going to talk about. So let's get into the way too early. We're almost 10 minutes in here. The way too early 2019 mock draft. At the end of the show, we will be giving away a T-shirt because last week I said, hey, we're only eight reviews away from the podcast. We actually get to 700. Um, we'll give away a shirt. I checked today. We're at 710 reviews. Nice. Blew yeah. right past it. 709, I think it was. Yeah, because you guys are so awesome. That's why we love you guys. That's why we love you guys. That we don't is meet. True. We don't hang out. We do hang out. But we do. Once a week. Once a week. For, for at least an hour. For about an hour. Soon to be... Hour and a half, two hours. Oh, yeah, we'll see. Coming to a headphones <laughs> near you or a speaker system. So let's start with this with 1-1. One, one. Right. There's no consensus here. Uh, if we're going to be just pretty much, I have like, we both kind of agree on most of the players right. on the list. Right. I put them in order just for shits and giggles. So this isn't really like this consensus. Is, this is our list, your order. We'll, we'll, we'll say yes. it that way. Let's do that. Okay. So at 1-1 one, one right now, the draft was today. I'm torn between... Two players, uh-huh. receiver and running back. I know. You know, and know the more I watched Josh Jacobs today, I was like, I should just take this dude number one. <laughs> All right. But I'm going to stick with my initial number one because this is way too early. And we'll talk about Josh Jacobs when we get to him here next. All right. <laughs> but I have Keneal Harry from Arizona State. He is somebody who I've been intrigued with for all year. Uh, again, I don't watch a lot of college film throughout the year because I'm too busy watching NFL film. Right. But he's he's been on my radar for a while. He's six foot three, two hundred sixteen pounds out of Arizona State. This dude already looks like an NFL player. He's big, he's muscular, he's NFL ready, his size is great. He's got good speed, you know, for tape. Um, he's somebody I really want to see his forty time. I'm really curious if he can get under about four or five. This dude runs like a four or five or under. I mean, just look out. He's going to be a first-round pick in the NFL. Really good balance. Very, very good hands. Tracks the ball well. Over his last three years at Arizona State, uh, he had, in 12 games in 2016, he had 58 catches for 659 yards and five touchdowns. In 2017, he played 13 games, had 82 catches for 1,142 yards and eight touchdowns. And then this year, he had 73 catches for 1,088 yards and nine touchdowns. Matt, those are good numbers. Not too shabby for a college wide receiver. No, man. He's somebody. Now, the big thing with him is he doesn't seem like he's overly explosive. Uh, doesn't doesn't seem like it's like the best separation, but he doesn't. Like, his speed looks like he's, like, when he gets in and out of his breaks, it looks like he's pretty consistent there with his speed. 
Um, high point in the ball, really good. Contested catches, really good. And that's the thing. You know, um, you you look at a guy like Des Bryant, and he was never a guy that was necessarily going to beat you deep, you know, right off the line or anything like that. But he knew how to you know, you use his body. He was really good at jump balls, and, and he could high point the ball really well and, and just out-muscle people. And I don't know that, you know, I haven't dug in enough to say, hey, that's how he is, but that, you know, it can be – you can win in the NFL – Without being, you know, a four a four four guy or a four three guy that that gets on in and out of breaks, like I'm you fine know, with Antonio four Brown. fives. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's, like I think sometimes, we, I think the forty time it's great. It's a it's a good number to have for like this. But I, it's also I think can be one of the most overrated stats that we look at. You know, like I think the three cones just as important as the forty time. Definitely. Yep. Um. So I'm really you know can Neil here be under seven seconds in the three cone? Can he be under four six when it comes to the forty? Those are really important numbers to me for the combine. But right now, when I'm looking at it, this is a guy who I have as my just one one. I always like to, if I can get a good receiver here for the long term. I want to see where he can land. Obviously, landing spots important as well. But if I'm going into today, right now, I'm taking Keneal Harry, number one Arizona State wide receiver. Nice. You okay with that? I'm okay with that for for now. Okay. <laughs> we'll see once I dig in a little deeper, um, you know, expose some of these warts. Really good tape. I think I think he has a low like to me like his like low side would be like an Alshon Jeffrey. You know what I mean? Like that's right. his like his floor, which is pretty good. Which is like a wide receiver like a really good wide receiver two and a low end wide receiver one, I think, you know. And his upside could be like uh Des Bryant in his prime. Right. Which is pretty good. Yep. Uh who at one time was one one overall dynasty. Definitely for mm. a very short-lived time. But very, yes. <laughs> very short-lived. Josh Gordon was 1-1 one, one at one point for oh, yes, a very short time. Yes, he was. Yeah, that, that foolio. Peace out, turkey. <laughs> so number two number on the two. list. Yep. Now, this is a guy who's already risen on my ranks today. I just I started watching tape on this dude, and I couldn't. I, I, I was like puffed at it. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't uh, stop, won't stop. It was man. great. This guy's tape was just. I'm looking at him like, is this guy like kind of like Alvin Kamara? Kind of, right? Right. Even with, like, his situation. Yeah. Like, where he, like, split time with all of these backs and everything like that at, at um, you know, when he was in, in Tennessee there. If he gets drafted by the Chiefs, he's he's going 1-1. You might if, – if Josh Jacobs gets drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, he's going to be – it's going to be Saquon Barkley. Not the hype, like, but, like, that he's going to be locked in 1-1 everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, probably. They have a, you know – they have a really they have a good way with their running backs and and he would definitely fit and he nicely. dude this dude he's he's not as like thick you know but this dude's he, he's kind of like cream hunt he's balance wise catching the ball wise but he reminds so, me more explosive wise of so, a calvin kamara so 510 216 which which comps awfully close to um kamara as a matter of fact um we'll see you know once we get verification at the combine and stuff how much of that's actually true um but Definitely one of those guys when gets into the open field, just has a gear that you know what I mean. He's just so fast. He gets up to, to full speed quickly. He's not one of these guys that needs to great burst. Yeah, he does not. He doesn't have like build up speed or anything like that. It's like he turns it on and he's moving at full speed, and you're like, holy shit! Like how the hell did that guy gets? I mean, how do you get there so fast? It's just it, it it's one of those guys so smooth. Um, runs a little bit upright. Um, when he's just running, but he's able to to lower his pads. I saw oh, him boom some dudes. Dude, he 
booms. <laughs> yeah. He is tough. I have the word tough underlined four times here on my notes. I mean, this dude is a physical runner. Yeah. For, I, I mean, he literally does it all. I mean, this guy has 278, 287 career touches, 21 touchdowns. Hello. I mean, for, for a guy that um, he split carries, he had 120 attempts this year for 640 yards, 11 touchdowns, and he also had 20 receptions, 240, for 247 yards. And three touchdowns. And three more touchdowns. And, th- that's, and that, sh- that's sharing time with two other backs. He wasn't even the start. Like, he didn't even come the guy until halfway through the season. Right. So, I mean, that's – so it's, it's impressive. He's the Alabama running back that I'd want if I had my choice – as of right now to me hands down it's the number one running back i want right now again he's tough he's mm-hmm. very elusive he catches the ball very well mm-hmm. to the point where like he actually ran he was he lined up outside a couple times and he ran some routes i mean they weren't the prettiest routes but he ran some routes and like he wasn't catching like screens he was running routes right. and catching footballs this guy i mean catches the ball very well he blocks tremendously like when I said he's tough, he's tough and physical. He's a three down running back. Mm-hmm. All right. He is like an Alvin Kamara. I mean, his balance, very good. Um, we mentioned his burst. Just a tough runner, dude. Breaks tackles, not afraid to be physical. I saw out there, lowers his shoulders, will run to people. I saw him give some of a dude a mean stiff arm. Uh, it was sick. He for somebody that wasn't even really on my radar, like big time. Uh, this watch this tape made me go from six to midnight. And he I'm was an, he was an impressive guy. Um, you know, I watched him. I watched uh, Daryl Henderson. I watched Damian Harris. Um, and a few other guys, but he was the one guy that popped the most off off just like initial. I mean, I'm sure there's other you know there's other games that are going to pop for other players. Um, but but watching him i wanted to instantly watch more you know what i mean Me too. So, so i loved it when i sat down here you sat down in that chair and i said dude i watched a little bit tape on everybody but i kind of fell down in josh jacobs rabbit hole and you're like me too yeah so me too. i knew right away then love it first sight that we're on it this guy is gonna be top three throughout the year unless somehow he gets drafted by i don't know the, Cowboys, the Saints, <laughs> Saints or the Cowboys. <laughs> you know, I don't see that uh, happening. Uh, excited to watch this guy's combine, but right now I feel pretty good about him being the number one running back. I think he's locked in here to the about top two uh, picks here, to the point where, with the way people look at this draft class now, I would might if I had pick three. So the way here's the way I'm looking at this, right? The draft class right now is still in that raw form. People are not. People are okay with this draft class. We weren't talking about it. We said last year this draft class was probably better than everybody's poo-poo on anyways. It looks like it could be. Um, they always – I mean, it always seems to – there always seems to be, a, you know, the the, the push. Moment. Yeah. Um, you know, once once push comes to shove, these guys start declaring. And the the classes always get a little lift. You know what I mean from what, you, what perception is out there. But the way I'm looking at it right now is I would – I would potentially – Today, this week, ASAP, seeing if you have a top four pick. Say you have picked two, three, or four. Just to self my, set myself up for what I need, try now to move the number one. Just see what see what it's going to take to move from four to one. Because right now, this draft class, people may think, hey, there's a lot of you know quarterbacks in this class, receivers in this class. I'm okay with either DK Metcalf or Keneal Hare or Kelvin Harmon. You know what I mean? Or... 
They, I like David Montgomery or Josh Jacobs right now. That might be the way everybody's feeling. People aren't going to be feeling that way in three months. No, they'll they'll have fallen in love, so to speak. And, and, and if Josh Jacobs goes to the Chiefs, for example, you're not getting one one. It's going to become it's going to become like I want Leonard Fournette. Uh, I want Corey Davis. Your first one child. Your, your and, two first yeah. coming up to get them. So the price tag now is going to be lower. And then worst case, you still get the player you want. You know what I mean? But like, I'd be willing to give up a little bit to see what it takes to get to one. You know what I mean? Do it I, no, I, I totally get what you mean. I don't, I don't think that's a good point um, to make. I'm calling this the Josh Jacobs move today. Because the, the closer you get, the the, just the more unobtainable it actually becomes. So. And it could change. I mean, this could change where, like you mentioned earlier, like I like, or like you like, um, uh, what's his face? Daryl Henderson from Memphis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If Daryl Henderson went to the Chiefs, like he could be, he'd be that, you know, sure. consider really high. If Ronnie Anderson went to, anybody who goes to the Chiefs potentially could be really high. Mm-hmm. But you could put yourself in that position now to lock it up, right? And you might not be worried about that over like that pay, what you paid now in April it might look like a steal, right? You're like, dude, I, I, I gave, only gave up this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I gave up, uh, I'm trying to think of like somebody that's like, I gave up Sterling Shepard in three, right? right. Sterling Shepard, very quality receiver, wide receiver three. One of the very few receivers in the NFL to actually finish as wide receiver three consistently over the last three years. Like he's been a top three fantasy receiver consistently. Not the top three, but the top thirty-six. Wires, yes, wide receiver thirty-six. So, like, somebody might see value in that. Uh, his name might not be bright enough to me. That'd be to me. That's good value, right? Like, I moved from three to one. I gave him Sterling Shepard to move there. To me, that's good value. Like, you're getting Sterling Shepard. That's something you can start if need be as your wide receiver three every week, and you just move down two spots to get a good thing. So, sure. some people might say, "Hey, that's overpay." Um, some people might not think that's enough or whatever. But again, in hindsight, they'd be like, "Oh, wow, I freaking stole." Josh Jacobs. Well, if you got people on both sides of the fence, then you're you're probably doing something right. You're probably you've probably nailed it right on the head. But I, I, that's what I'm trying to do. Like someone along those calipers, like a, a solid player, but not a difference maker player. Right. You you can draft one of those guys in the third round. Definitely how deep this receiver class is with upside. But I'm exploring those possibilities today on the possibility that Josh Jacobs could become somebody of the Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley value. Even though Kamara was like late round value, does that make sense? What I'm it, saying it definitely makes sense. Um, and now would be the time because, like you said, um, it's only gonna get pricier. It's only gonna every get, single week. So it's only gonna go up. This is the time to do it. I'm making it and again. It's mostly if you're t- if you're at six, see if you get there from one two. It's just gonna be more expensive. But that's what I'm trying to do. But maybe at six, you have a really big need for running back, right? And you're like, hey, you give up a little bit more. But even then, that price tag might be more like, even worth that juice might be worth the squeeze if you have overvalue say you have george kittle travis henry uh travis kelsey and oj howard right what if you can give up kelsey for one one per straight up right straight up that's about now kelsey's number one over tight end but you have kittle you have another backup tight end there you could draft a tight end in this deep class in the second round to give you a little bit more depth but then you get locked into that number one running back because then all of a sudden if you're training travis kelsey and josh jacobs does Again, I'm just using the Chiefs as an example. I mean, it can be a lot of other out. Say he goes to the Jets, right? I'd mm-hmm. be okay with him. And Jet, that's another spot I'd be okay with. Um, even though Adam Gase would worry me the way he uses his damn running backs. But, like, you know, a situation into that fold. Or the Raiders, even, um, along those lines. But then you give that Kelsey. But if you get that elite top 12 running back, 
that's that's well worth it. Let's move on, shall Let's we? Let's move on, yep. Number two. Number three. Now, this is where it starts to get really pick your poison with these receivers. It does. For me, I'm taking one of my receive, favorite receivers in this draft so far. My number two receiver, way too early, is Kelvin Harmon out of NC State. Six foot two, 213 pounds, coming off back-to-back 1,000-yard receivers, uh, receiving yard seasons at NC State. He's a really good route runner, boxes out really well, has really good hands, blocks. His speed's a question, um, but to me, he's somebody that's going to be a really good red zone threat, works the middle of the field really well. Lot, to me, is a prototypical X receiver. This uh, this guy reminds me a lot of like Anquan Bolden. Yeah, just big, muscly dude and strong. He's not not the fastest guy, but has good body control. You know, makes nice catches on the sidelines and stuff like that, and is isn't afraid to go over the middle either. You know, like with that with that size, he can just be he could be a guy that catches. 10, 12 balls a game. You know yeah. what I mean? You could just feed this guy, and, and he could just sit there moving the chains, moving the chains. He looks chain. so safe to me. Yeah, he he definitely is. And, and you know, he's a guy that I, I want to make sure that he is that that big. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because he's very muscled up. So He's a big dude, man. He's either six foot three, like 235 or maybe he's like six foot one, 225. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, he, he's just he's just a beefy-looking muscled up dude man and and definitely worthy of this high of a draft pick this early on in the process yeah you're gonna see a lot of people have like dk metcalf here mm-hmm. or aj brown or possibly hakeem butler or maybe marquise brown or some of those lines but to me way too early to me to kelvin kelvin Harmon to me look like the locked in number two receiver to me just on, on like the early tape i watch um everything i saw out of him it just seems like when I watch him, it's like, that's a very safe player. Like, he's going to go to the NFL. He's going to contribute. He's going to help me in my dynasty team. I'm happy with that. Because remember, when we break down tape, that's what we look for. We just Absolutely. look for fantasy yep. points. Like, we, you know, when Will Fuller came out, we said, hey, Will Fuller's going to help NFL teams, but he's not really going to help your dynasty team mm-hmm. for the most part. There's a lot of teams like that that will draft players like a John Ross who are going to be good for NFL teams that won't really be good for your dynasty team. And right now, John Ross isn't even good for an NFL team, which is why when he heard his – calf pulling run to 40 i said i'm staying away from him <laughs> and i'm done and you, you're like well he did run pretty good rounds so i'm like well this dude got hurt running his 40 times so it's kind of what's gonna do in the nfl um with kelvin Harmon, to me he just seems like a really safe player right yep. like his floor is like man he's gonna be a wide receiver three at the worst at the very worst at yep. the very worst and that's that's a good sound investment if you get somebody like you know is it what you're looking for when you have the third overall pick in your rookie draft no, but no. you could do way worse. Right, you can totally swing and miss. Yeah, which is way worse. Like I said, mentioned Sterling Shepard before. Those players are way undervalued. When you get a guy come in there and just be consistent with a wide receiver three numbers, you know, is it championship caliber num- numbers? No, but it gives you depth, and it does help you win a championship because they produce, right? They're guys that you could trust. To me right now, Kelvin Harmon out of NC State looks like a receiver that I can trust with a number three overall pick. I'm taking Kelvin Harmon. He could rise. I want to see his. I want to see his combine. This guy can rise. The right situation, right team. He can rise. Miami Dolphins. They get another quarterback. They take quarterback early. They get a little Kelvin Harmon in there with a good coach. With their Brian Flores. You want to throw the ball a little bit like Tom Brady does? Ooh. Mm-hmm. They better. They better get a quarterback. A little more excited for a Kenyon Drake's value now going forward with a new coach coming in town. Me. Hello. Also, somebody's actually going to use him out there. I think Kenyon Drake's a good buy low now. Somebody tried to get Kenyon and Drake off me for a second round pick and I almost started laughing. Really? And yeah. people hate on it, dude. I don't yeah. have no idea. 
people. Uh, uh, the Mountain's a dumb trick. You know who you are. You're in our super flex league. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> I laughed at myself. I went, ha ha ha. Decline. Decline. <laughs> but, but you know what? I don't think that's a terrible. It was no. It wasn't a bad offer. But I. I I've been I've been one of those guys. Um, I would never trade him for a second round pick either. Not vocally, but oh, maybe I kind of vocally. But um, in my head, I've been just like cursing Adam Gase and couldn't wait for him to get the hell out of of Miami so they could properly use Kenyon Drake. So now that he is gone, there's no way in hell I'm getting. Yeah, once you take you and your googly eyes, <laughs> dude. And did go you to New York. see that? Did I see it? He scared me. I don't even get scared often. I tried to move my eyes like that for like. 10 seconds and my eyes started to hurt i did too <laughs> i was like how did he do that i was like how do you even open your eyes like that like so i was like i was like okay Jeez. open my eyes you know like real big and i was like looking around and i was like i am psychotic my eyes started to hurt i'm like i gotta stop this did you see that one with the taco yes fly around? yes oh. i that day some dude at my work comes up he's like did you see adam gase's press conference i'm like no he's like He's like, Google Adam Gase tacos. And I only got Adam written into, into the dude. It and it, it's an Adam Gase tacos. That was the weirdest. It was like a Celine Dion song playing in mine, too, like yeah, in the background. Dude, oh, God, I watched it so right weird. when it came out. Like that, before the taco thing, even. I kept watching. I'm like, what is like, what is going Like, Does he have like a mental thing? Because you don't want to like laugh. It's like something like right. you can't control. Right, absolutely. Like, I was just so confused. Like, it's like, he's going to murder somebody? Like, is that's what it looked like? It was crazy. Um, I, I don't. I guess don't say that. Um, not crazy, but it was weird. It was awfully weird to look at. Yeah. Uh, Fun if you have Isaiah Carell and Elijah McGuire to see who's going to get the ball there. Yeah. Both getting split in oblivion there. Um, so let's move on, shall we? Uh, yes. Let's so do we that, have, please. So right now we're at Keneal Harry, number one. Josh Jacobs, number two. Kelvin Harmon, number three. Now, at number four, I could see somebody like another running back here, you know, obviously slipping their way in here, a guy like David Montgomery. Um, right now here, just written down for poops and giggles, I have DK Metcalf. Sure. From Ole Miss. Now, this guy, to me, I feel like already here at four, like I might have him too high. Right. Are you going to see people that have him here at number two, at number one, they're going to have DK Metcalf? I watched some tape, which is, it's very limited tape, right? This guy's six foot three out of Ole Miss, 225 pounds. He has a career 67 catches for... 12, 28, and 14 touchdowns, right? How many games? Did he, but he, he he had a shortened season last year. Seven games? Yeah. Um, Not a lot of tape. Almost all his routes are vertical routes. Here's the first, after watching a little bit of him and reading into him a little bit, this is the first thing that popped in my head. Kevin White. I think I, I don't know. Now, Kevin White, though, was extremely productive at West Virginia's final year. Yeah. But, right, but DK okay, so DK Metcalf falls in that. We see these guys all the time, right? The the guys that fall in this category of like, wow, look at that size, look at that athleticism. This guy is a monster. He's got great speed. He's just an athlete. Look at him get downfield. He's an athletic freak. How often the guys that we talk about they have the huge upside. They're athletic freaks. They have limited tape in college. Come out and become really good. Not many. Almost none, Matt. They get you drooling. Yeah. Like, remember? I was just going to, can I ask you this? Can I ask you this? Because this, this is going to boil it down for me. Did you watch A.J. Brown? Same team, same same everything. Yeah. Who did you like better? Um. Oh, stat-wise, I liked A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. Okay. I, I mean, I like but I said, I've only I like watched. I like Demarcus Lodge. Did you watch? Does it? 
So there's three receivers. There, yeah. Right. Right. And there's Demarcus Lodge. <laughs> he could be the rest receiver on the team. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You keep seeing the other guys pop on the, when you're watching hit when you're watching both of their tapes. You see, yeah. Well, that's AJ Brown. So, so you have three really good receivers. Yep. You have DK Metcalf, Lamarcus Lodge, uh, and you have AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. AJ Brown led the team in receptions and yards. Yes, he did. So, but D, like, so if you're looking for ceiling, D, DK Metcalf has the highest ceiling. The dude's a monster. Right. He's a monster, but he's very limited in what you can look at. I and, agree. I agree. And it's going to be kind and I feel like in that quick span, like I watched all his tape because he has such limited tape. It's like there's not much to really watch. Like it's like he literally runs almost one route, and that's the vert route. I kept I kept wanting more. You know, when you obviously you watch these cutups and stuff, and it it shows the entire play, and a lot of the times it's him running around, and then it's the ball's going the other direction and stuff. Like they didn't, you know what I mean? Like he's just out there running running routes on. Yeah, it's and like, not getting the ball thrown to him. So, so you do see a lot of these other guys, Demarcus, Demarcus Lodge, and, and AJ Brown on a lot of the plays when you're even trying to watch. Um, I mean, he dropped some balls, so his hands weren't like over the Yeah, even when he got got the ball, like sometimes like his timings kind of seemed off on going up and getting the ball. All right, um, his route tree is very limited. So for for me, I, w- I mean, at this very early juncture, I think I'd probably put AJ Brown ahead of him. Okay. But again, I'm going on the consensus of like some people like in the industry. Here. Totally, so, totally understand. Yep. And I wrote on here, I have an arrow pointing down, and I have Kevin White under again. Now Kevin White was way boy. I mean, we have like 1,700 yards, 1,600 yards coming to West Virginia for that I, one year. I mean, I don't remember, but he was super explosive, man. I mean, unfortunately, the broken leg kind of zapped. I think all of that. Yeah, and but, then he broke his shoulder and. Whatever. Again, so when people come back and they go, "Wow, you know, like, oh, you guys are right a lot on your rookie breakdowns." Like when you end up when we end up breaking down like a right a lot, it's like, you know, what do you base a lot of stuff off? I base a lot of stuff off of what have I seen before, right? Like who, like again, I've seen a lot of DK Metcalfs come through the NFL. And I've seen a lot of them get drafted in the first round, even because the upside's there, and you always hear the word upside, and that word scares me because. How many again? How many times do we see the upside come through? Almost never, Matt. Like I'm trying to even think of guys that were like, get, I'm trying to think of an example of the, the one guy who did break through. Like, oh, there's a lot of upside there. He's real raw. I it's hard right off the top of your head to even to to come up with one. Okay, Michael Thomas. When we broke down Michael Thomas, there wasn't a lot of tape on him, right? But when he came out, I said I was like, man, I kind of like. I mean, I think he, I mean, there's not a lot of tape. But I like what I see though in that limited kind of ability and. You no, know, even though I said that, I still had him as my, my third or fourth receiver. So even though I didn't go that, but like I, there was upside there. That's actually a good example. Michael Thomas had a lot of upside, right? Right. No, that is a really good example because he was so limited in the Ohio State offense that that you did you they didn't showcase him. So yeah. they didn't showcase his skills to the best of his ability. Obviously, I mean, he went to New Orleans and did awesome. So yeah, he's top three receiver Absolutely. in the NFL, right? So. That worries me because to me that's a big red flag, and that's you're in a position there where it's like hit and miss. Like you know, again, ask the people that took Kevin White at number three overall in that draft, and you got literally nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of guy that gets you literally nothing out of it. And where I said Kelvin Harmon is safe, DK Metcalf. I, let me put it this way: I see him slipping down my board pretty good. And he, there's always some players that we kind of like back off on that everybody is on i'm just i'm just wondering again i'm not into it deep enough that this is something i want to really dig into and 
Is DK Metcalf one of those guys this year? I guess we'll find out, man. Only only more tape study will show. We whether, have him a number, but yep. right now he's at four. Yep. Um, real high upside player. Again, physical, athletic freak. It's just when it comes to playing the receiver position, he has a lot of work to do. A lot. And, again, work the do, upside, limited route trees, not the not perfect hands, nothing that you do extremely, extremely well. That's a lot of cons compared to the pro side. Right, better right? start stacking up some pros. And I can see a lot of people jumping on here. There's a guy we're going to talk about a little bit later. And I'll, when we get to him, I'll mention him that I think might even be a little bit safer, this guy, which some people are going to think I'm crazy. Uh, there's another receiver on here, uh, speaking of Ohio State, that oh. I might be a little bit higher on than most. All right. Um, so that's where we have DK Metcalf right here. And number five, what are we at? Number five? One, two, three, yep. four, five. Yeah. Let's move down to David Montgomery, running back for Iowa State. Now, when we're talking about Kelvin Harmon as safe, I see David Montgomery as a very safe running back. Um, I also thought Rashad Penny was a really safe running back, too, coming out. But, I mean, this is a guy running back, Iowa State, really good vision, really good burst. Um, doesn't uh, Doesn't really, like, do anything, like, amazing, but... He does miss, make a lot of missed tackles. I'm gonna, I'm 94 let, missed tackles forced. I'm going to let you speak on this guy. I, I did not get around to watching David Montgomery, but, I mean, I can look at his stats and, and, and tell you know that he's been a productive player there. 892 yards, yards after uh, contact right, right. there as well. Really good balance. Catches the ball really well. Say, he's blocks some, well. 36 catches last year uh, and then 22 this year. So, I he mean, does everything. He's a three-down back. Like yep. He's one of those solid three-down backs, really good. Um, again, hits the whole right, good vision from what I've seen. Again, this is limited, you know what I mean, like, from what you're going off. You're looking at numbers, looking at a scouting report, and then you watch a little bit of tape. Before I start, like, he seems like, to me, a really safe, good running back from what I've seen so far. Like, I feel like he's going to get drafted high enough where he's going to be drafted into a good spot because he's that talented. His name's out there. A lot of people are talking about him, so he is one of the, like, cream of the cop running backs. We got, obviously, the combine's going to change a couple things, but to me, I feel like he's going to land in a good spot. He's gonna be a really solid running back. He can be like he's good enough where he can surprise you and be a really good running back. But if not, he could be like a pretty good running back. Like even if you draft him like fifth overall, he's like a running back too. Like even right, right. I think his like he looks like to me like his floor could be like a mid range. Where if I'm projecting here uh, from where he's gonna get drafted and the way he'll be used, he's like a mid range running back too with the floor wise. Which again, that's extremely valuable when it comes to fantasy football it is man you need those guys um you know obviously if you're if you're you know if you had your druthers you would have two wide receiver ones plug i mean running back ones plugging up both those spots but that's just not realistic i mean well you can't i mean a lot of teams have that a lot of teams do but not everybody does so you know some sometimes you gotta you have to give a little here to take some here you know you know if you you got travis kelsey as your tight end maybe it can cover some warts in some other places, and you get away with a running back like him. As I think in dynasty, the easiest thing to do is get a couple of running back ones, like over anything else, like then receive wide receiver. Ones. Well, they're seen they're seen as short term, you know, assets. A lot of time, you can trade some of your long term assets to get them. I think the way his blocking ability to be down the field immediately in third downs, and his pass catching ability, to me, is what really makes him feel really safe to me, and where his floor is at mid range running back too. You know, albeit you're healthy for the year. Mm-hmm. I think David Montgomery is a very nice player. I think he's really safe. 
And that's not much to ask for here out of a running back. And definitely you have a lot of question marks at receiver too. And who does not need running back help? Everybody needs running back help. Everyone does. Uh, to me, David Montgomery is that guy. I like Josh Jacobs going to this, and I like David Montgomery uh, right here as well. Let's move on to number six. Uh, let's talk about AJ Brown, somebody you like better than DK Metcalf again out of Ole Miss. He's six foot one, two twenty five, good size. Um, we got his stats. Uh, yeah. So last year he had eighty five receptions, thirteen hundred and twenty yards, six touchdowns. Yeah. And the year before that, he he had seventy five receptions for twelve hundred and fifty two yards and 11 touchdowns so i mean you know there was a quite a bit quite a bit of a drop off in 2016 he only had 29 receptions for 412 yards and a couple of tds so really it's just been the past two years um mm-hmm. of production here for for aj brown but um he's only a junior so i mean you know no big deal that's kind of um expected there for his freshman year to not really have a ton of production yeah. and he's somebody that ran exclusively primarily out of the slot so um from the college production when I'm reading here as those numbers and I was digging into him a little bit, it looks like he mostly played dominantly out of the slot here, uh, like to the point where it's almost exclusive okay. in there. Well, um, good hands. His speed could be, you know, again, come down to the combine. Sure. See what his speed right. is. That could right. be somewhat questionable. To me, um, watching him play just from the limited, very limited what I've seen out of him, mostly I was, you know, watching those old Miss games, you're watching Metcalf. And Brown, right, and a little bit of Lodge. Um, what do, what does he look like athletic wise to you? Um, he didn't seem overly athletic. No, me. he doesn't seem overly athletic. You know, he's he's probably going to be one of those guys that wins with a little bit of wiggle instead of you know just blowing right past people. So, um, but he but he was like good after the yards after the catch. Like he was like. You read the field well, right? No, absolutely. I, I good route runner. He's a good route runner. It's it, it's he's a he, he's a guy I don't really have a great feel for quite yet. But I mean, like I said, like I kept watching DJ Metcalf's, um, or DK Metcalf's tape, and and AJ Brown seemed to be popping off the page more than him. Just even on those limited amount of snaps where you know where you're where you're watching DK Metcalf stuff. So AJ Brown, uh. Just, just color me more intrigued. I think with him, and, and I'm gonna have to dig in deeper. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean I, that, that's safe to me. He's a he's a big like okay like he to me AJ Brown right now way too early. AJ Brown to me seems somebody like okay I see the upside there, uh, but I see also like to me like a wide receiver three. And the, yeah, and the thing that um, I really want to get a beat on is how old these guys are as well. I mean, it it says junior. Is he a true junior or is he redshirt junior? So until I see like actual ages on some of these guys also, like if he's a true junior, he could only be 20 years old. You know what I mean? And have a ton of room to grow and Mm -hmm. and upside stuff like that. Um, Similar to like a a Juju Smith Schuster who never blew me away athletically or anything like that, but came into the league really young and, and, Really just took off as soon as he got into the NFL. Our biggest whiff in the history of doing the podcast. Yeah, probably. Juju Smith-Schuster, mm-hmm. who is now a top 12 dynasty startup player. Yep. Uh, I, I would say, what, easily he's our biggest miss? Uh, I would think so. Yeah, I, I, I mean, because we were like, oh, we're just not big, that big on Juju. Like, we weren't, like, big on him at all. And, like, of I, all the guys that we were, like, that we kind of, like, went out of our way to say we're not that big on, like, Nobody else has really kind of thrown pie in our face, white like 
Juju has. Quite like Juju. Thanks, Juju. Um, Appreciate it. Thanks. Well, we're getting them all right. No. Hey, at least the list is very small. Exactly. Uh, Moving on here. Now, here's a guy that's really intriguing. And I want to see where he goes. Here's something I can see the draft stock rising. Another Iowa State guy. What? Hakeem Butler. Here's his size. (laughs) Six foot six. 205 pounds. Matt, how many good six foot six receivers are in the NFL? None. Yeah, exactly. Um, this dude is a monster. He And for his size, so here's his biggest knock. Everybody talks about his speed, his speed, his speed, his speed. For being six foot six, Hakeem Butler moves pretty damn well. Yeah, so I mean, eyes. name a guy that was right around six foot six that ran really well and was pretty skinny. I mean, you think of, I mean, is he a Randy Moss type of guy? Um, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like no. that's the only guy who I can think of that was that was I mean, he was 6 foot 5, I think. Moss 6 6 4 6 dude. 5, yeah. So, 6 foot 6 is Moss is the best receiver I've ever seen in my life. I know. I'm not trying to say that this guy's Randy Moss. I'm I just am. trying to think He's the next Randy Moss, I'm y'all. I'm just trying to think of another player uh, that was that size that actually panned out. 6 foot 6, 205 pounds. Again, for a size where I saw he moved really well. Ran some decent routes mm-hmm. um, for Nassau. Had a couple drops here and there, but he also had some like spectacular catches as well. Especially yeah. that like one, he's in just one sick ass one handed catch, looking like a Randy Moss out there. Uh, good hands, crazy catches. This dude could be a red zone Godzilla, <laughs> right? Just breathing down, fire around everybody. King of the Titans, catching double digit touchdowns year in. Year out, red zone monster Hakeem Butler. He intrigues the crap out of me. If, like, for example, if Hakeem Butler ends up in New England, oh yeah, right. That's, that's they the, need they need somebody on the outside pretty bad. It's the first place yeah. that popped into my head, and I was like, "Ooh, man, this guy in New England would be fantastic." He takes over all that Gronk touchdown production, that middle of the field there. Belichick and uh, Josh McDaniels would utilize the crap out of him. I was like, if he goes to New England, I'm moving Hakeem Butler. Like, if he goes to New England in the second round, I'm moving Hakeem Butler up to number four overall. <laughs> That's the upside of this dude. There's, I, I, I can't wait to see his if he runs, if he runs anything under a four seven, I'm a satisfied customer. So if he runs a four six two, I'm a satisfied customer. And that's what I want to see. You know what I mean? I want to see him. I want to see him how fast he accelerates to get up to top speed. And I want to see his three cone. I want to see if this dude can get down and move a little bit. You know what I mean? And actually change direction without losing speed. What would be like if he ran a seven, six, three cone, a seven, six. Um, so I'm talking about the, uh, the short shuttle. Then. Oh, okay. Um, so, I mean, if he runs a four, let's say he runs a four five. Uh-huh. If he doesn't run at least like a four three or something like that in in the in the short shuttle, then then I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. You know, you have to. It's it's you want to knock off like a couple of tenths of a second, basically off the the forty mm-hmm. um, time in order to to see if if he actually can move laterally without without losing a bunch of speed. So that that's what I look for at least when when I'm um looking at these times. Yeah, I was see off the top I saw him moving pretty well out there. Like I was yeah, like 
Right. No, I know. Wow. Uh, like I was like, hey, he moves pretty well for six six. Like it, it, I kept going back to it, like he does this really good for six six. He does that really good for six six. Like, right. He's but he's a it, wide receiver, dude. Like he's right. not like. But is it really good for the NFL? You know what I mean? Or, or is it just everything coming Matt, off a little he bit? Is Godzilla? All right, Godzilla. 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 Didn't he have like electricity come out of him too? What? Didn't Godzilla have like electricity oh, come out of him too? I don't, I don't fire. No, I know, but wasn't some of the movies like some of the old ones? He like didn't breathe fire; he breathed uh, electricity. Um, uh, I'm not gonna pretend to be a Godzilla buff. I'm not either, but I've, I right. swear <laughs> I've seen him do electricity out of his mouth. Yeah, hey, hey, anyways, dude, I am extremely intrigued by Hakeem Butler. All right, like, I mean, I I, like, I love size out of wide receiver. Um, I think there does get to a point where it's is it is this guy too big? Is there just too much of him? Like, well, you know the what thing. I mean? I see, like, here's the thing. With most of these receivers of the size, I had the complete opposite. I'm like, how many receivers are really good? There's like none. And ta- but his tape tells me, like, he could be better than that. Right. So, mm-hmm. Matt, New England, second round, right? Get a little excited? Well, yeah. Nipples start poking through the T-shirt? I, would, I mean, this is almost one of those guys where you hope when he measures in, he, he measures in at, like, six or four. And then you feel a lot. Bit, I don't know. For me, like I, I feel a lot. Bit, I feel a lot better. No, not me. I want to be six foot six, <laughs> two hundred five pounds. I want him to run a four five five. I want him to have whatever short shuttle time that you want him to have. I want him to get drafted by New England with like really high in the second round. I want him to go there. He'll be a number one receiver. He'll be the steal of rookie drafts. He's gonna catch thirteen touchdowns his rookie years his rookie year, and people are gonna be taking him a second round of startups, and he's gonna be fantastic. I just watch him get out muscled. I'm literally watching his tape right now. I just yeah. watched him get out muscled, and and some dude just picked sixth. No, yeah, Hakeem. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's why he's at number seven. Now, exactly. Okay. <laughs> a lot of tape to watch here. All exactly. Right? Who out muscles? He's six foot six. Exactly. I blame the quarterback for not throwing it high enough. Yeah. All right. Get Rocky Mountain high over there. Right. Pass to Jay this side of the field. It was a comeback route that he didn't come back for. Puff puff give man. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. First tight end on the board here, Noah Fant. All right. Tight end, Iowa. We're going to have two tight ends from Iowa on here. That's kind of crazy, too, right? It is crazy. Did we pick the right one to go first? I think so. I know you do. But I haven't watched tape on a long. But, dude, okay, so Noah Fant, tight end, Iowa. This guy is pretty, pretty good, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent run after catch. Uh, really good jumping the ball, high points the ball really well. Love tight ends that could do that. Really good leaping ability. Basically, he moves like a receiver. Do you have a height weight on this guy? The I, I I haven't pulled up on ESPN, and they don't even have a height or weight or anything listed on him. Let me see here, man, if I can help you out here. Because um, this is all stuff. I know that, that it's all ancillary, and, and none of it's... I had it. I just didn't write it down. None of it's for sure. Um I'm gonna have it here for you in two seconds. All he right. is six foot four, two hundred and thirty two pounds. I thought he was a little bit smaller. That's that's why I was asking. Um you know, a little light in the britches, so to speak. So um he's, which he's isn't horrible. I was gonna say, which isn't horrible. No. You think of Evan Ingram you know, when you hear numbers like that. Which is fine. Um especially he's, in today's game. He is somebody that I saw outrun safeties, mm-hmm. cornerbacks. Uh, played all over, played outside, played inside, played in line. Actually saw him run in motion a couple times here as well. Uh, really good at contested catches, ran some pretty good routes from a scene. I thought I was pretty much kind of watching a wide receiver. Right. Again, he reminded me of like Evan Ingram. Yep. I was going to say, it's, this, this is it's And I rapping. loved Evan Ingram coming out. So did I. 
So that's what he looks at to me. I can see him if he in the right situation. Actually getting a big bump here. I, I see him staying like in most rookie drafts, this is where he's gonna get drafted, right around pick eight to twelve. Because that's what always happens to these tight ends. Right, bottom bottom quarter of the, the first round. So we're actually talking about two more tight ends here coming up too. Mm-hmm. And one reason I wanted to do that was because I want to put in the emphasis of the depth here at tight end in this year's draft. And I want to kind of re uh trace back to the beginning of the podcast where we we're talking about that everybody's really desperate at tight end, right? So like the value's there. So you're looking for that next really good guy because if you've been listening to podcasts for four and a half years, well, I even wrote a really good article on this four and a half years ago about the value of the tight end and why I appreciate the tight end so much. And it's why in all my leagues, I've always drafted a lot of tight ends and I always have a pretty good tight end because to me, that's a difference maker, right? Especially this year. If you have a Travis Kelsey, if you have a George Kittle, if you have a Zach Ertz, hell, if you had a Jared Cook, Eric Ebron this year, oh yeah, that gives you such a good, huge edge Just over week, your opponents. Week to week, I mean, oh my God, you know, the, the other team is scrambling basically to stream a guy, figure out which matchup is best for their tight end that week, and you're you're not even you don't even have to think about it. You just click on your tight end. He gets you between 15 and 25 points or something insane every, week. every single week. And and the other people are scrapping together just to get 10 points, you know. I, and I've said this is a repetitive line for me. I, saying, I, I literally say this every year when we talk about tight ends, too. I get the same speech. But to me, it's when it comes to dynasty, not like redraft, you get a lot of, you know, you get some middle-of-the-road teams, you get some bottom-heavy teams, and you get a couple – really good top heavy teams and you see a lot of teams that like some teams look almost impossible to beat because they're like how do you end up with that team how do you have Le'Veon Bell and Saquon Barkley and you know Odell Beckham with Tyree Kill you know God drafted well they made some trades yep to me so you're saying my team is unbeatable because I've got Odell Beckham you didn't even come in second place Um, I think Odell Beckham is a good buy low cannon too by the way Uh, I didn't come in second place because Odell Beckham went down and Emmanuel Sanders went down this, the no, week before I played. No guarantees. Uh, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> to me, there's you're, you're always looking for that edge. You know, Whether it be you have that elite tight end, uh, whether it be you have a good elite quarterback like a Pat Mahomes. But to me, it's hard to get a lot of edge in Dynasty. And I think the one place to do it is tight end. And with the influx of all these guys that we're going to be talking about, and I can't wait to break down this group because I love the tight end position. I, I, I wasn't even joking. When I said around the third round on, I'm considered taking all tight ends because the value's there, but the value is not even just there for trade bait wise. It's just value for your team. I'm in a, I'm in a league where I have eight tight ends and they're all good. Like I have Chris Herndon, Evan Ingram, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, uh, Gerald Everett, Tyler. H- I, I have a lot of tight ends. Um, and most people don't want to make a trade because I'm just not. Most people, when you have that many, they think you're going to give them away. Doesn't happen. I had Travis Kelsey in that league. <laughs> but I like to have a good tight end because I look for that advantage over my opponents. I would. I mean, I would just sit there and hoard them also. Yeah, I have no problem with it because nope. they get hurt too. So, and guess what? They're not playing against you. If they're on, if they're sitting on your bench, they're never going to be starting a game against you. So I mean, exactly. And I have a lot on my taxi squad. Exactly. So for me, Noah Fant, going back to Noah Fant here, 
when I see a guy that plays like the Evan Ingram style, the receiver position, and I think this is a position that you know it's going to change. It could potentially Noah Fant's been the tight end one for the whole way through. Like when people are like, oh, who's the top tight end? Like, I've been saying Noah Fant, even though watching tape because he's been consistent number one. Right. Um, watching tape might change some things here, but to me, Noah Fant's a really nice tight end that can come in the NFL. He could, he could play the receiver kind of the outside uh, tight end position. But I like his flexibility from my saw where he did line up in line outside as well. I like that flexibility. I like Noah Fant as my number one tight end. I like him here as eight. I can see him going even higher in the right system on the right team. I think it's a good player to have. Um, a lot of people are going to fall in love with the upside of maybe some good spots of these running backs, uh, the upside of some of these receivers. But I think a guy like Noah Fant could be a game changer for the long run for your dynasty team and give you that exact edge I'm talking about over your opponents. And remember, when it comes to dynasty, we all need that edge. To me, I think the edge is a tight end position, uh, more so than ever uh, this year, and probably even going to next year. Definitely this year, I think we get a little bit more of a bump going to the next year with some guys getting a little better, like all the guys we mentioned earlier. So I like Noah Fant here at number eight, Matt. Love it, man. Um, definitely, uh, I think the place in the draft where, where tight ends are going to start falling. Okay. So I like I like the the spot. I like the highlighting of this player because I think as of right now he is the top rated guy. I like pretty consensus. So all right, number nine. Yep. I'm gonna uh, venture off the safe track here, and I, I see a lot of people <laughs> here having guys like JJ Arcega Whiteside here, uh, maybe Marquise Brown, Riley Ridley here. But I have Paris Campbell right for Ohio State, and for me. There's a lot of things that he doesn't do extremely well. He is a little bit older as a senior, but he's leaving Ohio State as one of, his, one of the most accomplished receivers to ever come out of Ohio State. And what I really like about uh, Paris Campbell is he's very fast. Very fast. And he came in this year, and Dwayne Haskins, my number one quarterback coming out in this draft, is a really nice pro-style quarterback, right? So all of a sudden – with Ohio State, every year I watch these quarterbacks. They're mobile quarterbacks for the most part. Not really, you know, Cardale for that championship run was a prototypical quarterback. But Dwayne Haskins is the best quarterback I've ever seen in Ohio State in my life. The best pro-style quarterback I've ever seen. Troy Smith is my favorite. Dwayne Haskins is the best I've ever seen. Until my wife, two days in the second game, I'm like, this is the best quarterback I've ever seen in Ohio State. She's like, this is the second game. I'm like, I'm telling you, this is the best quarterback right. I've ever seen in Ohio it's State. It's not hard. I mean, when you see it, it's not hard. It was like it was like when I, I saw Zeke the year before he like got the starting role. I saw him play like a few games in like garbage time at the end of the year. I was like, I want to see I want to see that guy yeah. next year. That's the uh-huh. guy. That is him. Him. I like him. So when Haskins comes in, what does he do this year? Ninety catches. 1,063 yards and 12 touchdowns. And here's the thing, though, too, with that. It wasn't like he got those 90 catches and 1,063 yards because like he was the only player on the team. They had two other receivers that were producing a high level mm-hmm. with like guys like K.J. Hill, right? So he produced with these other guys. Right. I think Paris Campbell, because like kind of like Mike Thomas was kind of on the radar, he's not going to be lauded. Again, he has, a lot, he has some things he needs to work on. Absolutely. You know, he has a lot of like little things here that are flaws-wise. But I see a lot of upside in Paris Campbell. With his speed. He's explosive. His hands. Yeah. I, I like I think he's gonna be one of those I think he's a sneaky receiver this year. He's a big play guy. You know, like anytime he touches the ball, he could be he could be streaking on the sidelines, taking it to the house. Yes. So, and he's I don't mean to interrupt you here. No, I, just, go ahead. I just want to finish my thought here. 
at number nine, I understand he's a little bit high. high he's going to be higher than most people have him. And I know for sure he's not going to get any higher than this. And he has a more, he has a much better chance in three months from now not to be here at nine. But going into it, I like his upside a lot. And I can see him being pretty good at the NFL as a very solid like wide receiver two kind of guy here with some good upside. And I just want to keep him on my radar as somebody that I like a lot in this draft. All right. So the, the player I want to compare him to most, obviously, is another guy that came out of Ohio State a couple of years ago, um, Curtis Samuels. But the, but to me, Curtis Samuel was a running back playing wide receiver. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. And 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 this guy, while they're they have similar traits and explosiveness and and that kind of stuff, I don't I don't see Paris Campbell this in the same light. I see him I see him as a wide receiver. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't see him as a guy that's that's out of position or anything. Curtis Samuel was an athlete. Exactly. He's not a wide. He wasn't a. Uh, he wasn't a running back. He was he was an, like when you see him and it would have listed as he's an athlete. Right. Paris Campbell's a wide receiver. Paris Campbell's a wide receiver. So from from that respect, I think he in my book is is coming from a different launch a launch pair like launch pad. You know what I mean? Like starting off point. I guess is the, is the way I want to put it. Um. So I like Paris Campbell's starting off point much more than I like Curtis Samuel's. So. You know, I'm going to start my evaluation. I'm going to try to be as unbiased as possible and just strip away any Ohio State bias that I have. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I do that no matter what. Yeah, um, we've never in the four and a half years, five years we've been doing this podcast, we've never had Ohio State bias, right? Ever, right? So, um, I, I do like him. I'm not sure that he'll be my number nine player, but I could definitely see him staying in the first round. Yeah, pro- that's what I'm saying. He's probably not going to finish here, right? But I could also but, see him at the top of the second round. But that being said, I think he's going to be – he's somebody I want everybody kind of circle down here. I think he's going to be really good value in the second round. And I, you know I'm, I mean? I'm curious to see exactly how fast the guy is. I've seen him on tape. I mean, I've seen him on the field, and, and he's fast. He's explosive. I'm he's, guessing really low 4-4s. Four yeah. Like really low 4-4s. Four which which is super intriguing, man. You get him in an, in a creative offense – and and you get him with a an offensive coordinator. Is he like a tire? Can he be used as like a Tyreek Hill? Because he, uh-huh. he's definitely fast enough to do the jet sweeps and all that kind of stuff as well. And and anytime he touches the ball, he's a threat to take it the distance. And and I don't know that he's as fast as Tyreek Hill because I think that Nobody's guy's just as fast as Tyreek Hill. That There's guy's just cheetah. got yeah. That that guy's just got another level to him. But he's like Ted Ginn special fast. Exactly. You can you can. You can be a notch below that and still be a very special explosive player. So tons of people, you, you'd be surprised. Again, people that testify four or five, they run away from. I mean, look, Derrick Henry can outrun people. I mean, it's like everybody can outrun people. C.J. Anderson's a big tub of goo. He's outrunning people. It's right. just about angles, route running, your vision. A- angles are huge. It's a big field mm-hmm. out there. So I like Paris Campbell a lot. I do. Like from from what I saw this year, I thought I took a massive step. And like I said, I saw what he did with Dwayne Haskins, who's a pro-style quarterback, and he's going to go to the NFL and play with a pro-style quarterback. Right, more similar to – yeah, exactly. More similar to what he's been seeing in the NFL. But like you said, I want to see where he lands. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move out here number 10, Riley Ridley, wide receiver out of Georgia, six foot two, 200. Um, this is Calvin Ridley's little brother. Um, you're going to hear that a lot probably over the, ne- over the next coming drafts. I, I would imagine, yeah. Um, again, I mean, this is somebody – 
right now that I'm intrigued with. I saw a lot of like early on. I saw trouble with like the press coverage, like getting off the line. Um, I saw problems with that in 2017 last year. He only had 14 receptions for 218 yards this year. He only had 43 receptions for 559 yards, nine touchdowns. This is somebody he, he let he led their team though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that forty. I, I had forty four for five seventy. But either way, I mean, it still led the team. So which it, is weird because I love Jake Fromm. I think I think Jake Fromm's like a fantastic quarterback. You know what I mean? But like, when you have those good running backs, it's exactly hard to do that as well. Yep. He he Riley really popped on the scene for me again. I, not like I knew a lot going into it, but he everybody has him ranked really high. Uh, I watched limited, very limited stuff on him again the first thing i noticed was like oh yeah when he gets jammed at the line he has a little trouble there uh for being 6'2 200 yard pounds like you he, he had some trouble there off the right. line of scrimmage is, is he 6'2 200 pounds? i mean you know what i mean like it, yeah we'll see. i think i think his brother was six six one i think he was listed at like six two you know also so and we'll it, see and I, I can't remember who it was but there's one scout that guy that i trust and like he loves riley ridley he's like he's one of my top receivers in this draft like most people won't agree with me here but this is why i love them um, I can't remember what he wrote in his notes, why he loved them, but there's like a couple of things I watched and I was watching a couple of clips that he had on the side saying, Hey, this is why I like him. And I'm like, Oh, that's pretty good. The way he gets to the outside edge here and the, caught, the way he caught that ball when I got it. It's nice. But I mean, that's where he is right now. I'd, I'd be, I, I'd be, I'd be faking it. If I told you, I watched a whole bunch of this guy's tape. I, 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 I'm very exactly. limited too, yep. but that's where, again, the consensus falls in here. Um, moving on. Number 11, we have Irv Smith jr. Out of Alabama. Um, mm. uh, Six foot three, two hundred and forty three uh pounds. Took a big step this year with Alabama. Had like seven hundred receiving yards. Right. Which right. Is really good for a tight end. Absolutely. Um big time jump from the year before, only at 128 yards. So um you know, obviously a huge bump. Um coming in, you know, obviously that that's what you're looking for. I mean, if you get that if you get seven hundred and ten yards out of a guy through 16 seasons or 16 games, you're doing all right. So you you know, you translate translate that to the NFL and and you're over a thousand yards for sure. So. Yeah, a lot of people have him locked in as a top three tight end. Locked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, haven't really watched a ton of tape on him yet. Now I haven't really. Again, I was focusing more on the receivers here. I know the tight end class is deep, but this is where everybody really has him. Has him. And again, I put him here over some other guys where he might not finish here, just because I want to talk about a couple of these tight ends. I don't want to say it's a really deep class of tight end, and then we sit here and go do a way too early mock. And then we don't mention any tight ends, right? No, but I mean, with production like that, um, I think I think it's warranted. And and I mean, this is a, like like we always say, this is a bottom line business. I mean, the the dude has numbers, you know what I mean, and that's what translates into fantasy points. So for me, if a tight end has seven hundred yards and and seven touchdowns in a, in a college season, I, it's going to open my eyes, and I'm going to want to have to I'm going to want to dig into this guy in Alabama at Alabama too. Yeah. So this is somebody who's really big athletic mm-hmm. tight end and really intrigued where he ends up. Um, again, a lot of teams can use some tight end help. Uh, really intrigued the way they used Jared Cook last year. Like, what, who, and which one of these tight ends ends up in Oakland? Right. Or, you know, wherever they're in, Las Vegas Raiders. That's so weird to say. That is weird. Um, so, I'm just going to call them the Vegas Raiders, never the Las Vegas Raiders. Right. I mean, there's plenty of teams that need tight end help. You know yeah, what I mean? no shit, dude. Everybody needs tight end help. Right. And the Browns have David Njoku. They could use tight end help. Right. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I like David Njoku. I think he was second in the team in receiving yards this year. Uh, took a big step. People are poo-poo on him, but I think he still has some good upside here. But, yeah, a lot of teams I mean, can no- use tight end. Notable team. I mean, New Orleans. 
they don't have a tight end. You know what I mean? New England. New England's going to need a tight end. I mean, Buffalo is going to need a tight end. There's there, there are a lot of teams. Seattle needs a tight end. Well, Denver needs a tight end. Yeah. yeah well, you know, Nick Vanette's there. He's okay. I mean, the, they had the Will. Okay. They had the Will Disley guy also come True. out, and and he he really showed well before he blew out his ACL. True. So True. Every, let's put it this way: uh, two thirds of the NFL needs a good tight end. Probably. Absolutely. Yep. So. Intrigued to see where he goes. And then the last guy on the list here is TJ Hawkinson. He's an Iowa tight end as well. Uh, TJ Hawkinson right now, because he had the injury, but a lot of people are saying he's the number one tight end in this draft class he owned, actually, out of Iowa, which is, again, two Iowa tight ends here. But he's somebody that does everything well. He blocks well. He catches the ball well. But the big thing to find out here with him is that he's arguably the number one blocking tight end in this draft class. So... He reminds me early on here of O.J. Howard, right? O.J. Howard is what? He did something that he was T.J. Hawkinson where he caught the ball really well. Right. He was really athletic. Uh, he he blocked extremely well. We said O.J. Howard is probably one of the best blocking tight ends in the class as well, and here's T.J. Hawkinson is falls in line too. So the only thing that will worry me about him then is where he is that overall tight end. So remember when we liked Evan Ingram because like, he was a receiver. We knew he was going to play receiver. Right. Where O.J. Howard was a really good blocking tight end and a really good receiver. Well, does that we were like, well, does that hurt him a little bit because he would be asked to block too much? And early on, kind of did hurt him a little bit because he was asked to block a lot. Got a little bit better over time. Absolutely. He's in his third year. Really excited about O.J. Howard going to the next year. But again, does T.J. Hawkinson, because he does block so well, what team does he land on? Because if he lands on a team that needs him to block more, then he's going to block more because he's really good at that. Two points I want to make because, I mean, I think it's a good point, and it is a point that we made previously, but but two two things I want to say. TJ Hawkins actually led the team in receiving. Yes. Not not just the Better tight ends. Better stats and fan. Yes. So, so he had 49 receptions, 760 yards, and six touchdowns, which was more than Noah Fant, who, yes. is, who is the just strictly receiving threat. And... What did we say about George Kittle when he came out? He, the dude was like pancaking people. Another another Iowa Iowa tight end, yes. and he didn't have the receiving, you know, the reception numbers that Hawkinson has. So I mean, without having a lot of, you know, without diving into the tape all that much quite yet, just looking at the numbers, I mean, Hawkinson for the same reason that we have Irv Smith up here. Uh-huh. We should have Hawkinson up there, and For I, sure. don't, I don't think that's why he's on this list in the top first round. Man, <laughs> I don't think I don't think we should knock him because he's good at blocking. Is all I'm saying. Oh no, it's it's and, not. An, it's just it's when I'm looking at only concerns. That's like, oh, do they ask him to block more? Then he sure. will. You know what I mean? He's a really. And I think that I think I think team will dictate that. You know what I mean? People are saying he's the number one tight end. Absolutely. Over and, no, some people are saying over, but then some people are saying Caden Smith from Stanford's the number one possibly tight end too so it's right we'll so, so you i mean you, you look at guys like i mean obviously they throw kittle out there all the time over in san francisco if he gets in one of those kind of systems that's a great place for him obviously new england has had for years has had gronk on the field you know all oh, the yeah. time and they love him because he can do both he blocked very well in the last playoff game gronk did he did i mean obviously well. you know his receiving has fallen off completely abracadabra bitch i'm disappeared <laughs> but he can still block so being the last guy on my list here, the last guy kind of rounded up here today, I actually was reading a report from an Iowa beat writer today. Okay. Um, and he was saying that he was comparing George Kittle and TJ Hawkinson. And he's like, I think, to be honest with you, TJ Hawkinson's a more complete overall better tight end 
even if we're going to consider some of the receiving possibility here, then George Kittle. He's like, and I love George Kittle. Yeah. So that really that's rang an eye, a bell. That's an eye opener for me. And, and you know, he's he has the the college production as far as receptions to, to go along with the, the great blocking. How the hell do we have two Iowa tight ends in the first round of our way too early mock draft? Matt, this may never happen again where you have two tight ends. From the same school? From the same school. From Iowa, no less. <laughs> well, they produce <laughs> they high do. quality. Stanford and Iowa, dude. Yeah. Get them out there. Yep. Wisconsin's giving us offensive linemen. Iowa's giving us receivers. Uh Clemson's giving us wide receivers. I mean, no, what did I say? Give us receivers. Iowa, you said. Tight ends. I, I was giving us tight ends. Everyone knew what you were talking about. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. You just got done. Uh, so, TJ Hawkinson from Iowa is somebody that's realistically going to quite possibly finish here in the first round mm-hmm. of this draft because I could. But here's the thing, too. If you have a late round pick, odds that you got there, the odds of you having a pretty good tight end are probably pretty good. But again, you can never have too many good tight ends. You got. You I'm a got, huge proponent of this. You got there, and who's your best tight end on your team right now? Rob Gronkowski, right? Yes. So you could use a guy like this, wouldn't you? Oh, I'm. I have. The, I trade up and got the fourth. I, I didn't have a first round pick, so I traded oh, last right. year. You're right. So I made a trade this year earlier in the year that ended up giving me the fourth round pick. So my plan of attack is, is for just for in our league together is to see, feel it out to see what kind of running back I can get there. Kind of wait at four. I'm trying to trade number four overall with a lot of other stuff to get George Kittle. That's my ultimate goal is just to bypass that fourth <laughs> pick altogether. But I got to wait till the, dra- the hat, the draft type builds that up to the draft. It would, that'd be a draft day trade. If I can't, cause I have no second round pick either is my goal in that draft is to move out of four to move back into the draft. So I can grab either Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, and then pick up a second round pick. And then grab another tight end. Sure, sure. So that's my plan in early. I'm, I'm laying out my plan for you here uh, in early January because it's in effect you. It's okay. No one listens anyway. So my that's my plan of attack. Like just to grab tight end because I have. I mean, obviously, I have Gronk. I trade away Evan Ingram for DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, I gave up more than I gave Le'Veon Bell, DeAndre uh, Le'Veon Bell, Evan Ingram, uh, twenty twenty first, and Golden Tate for DeAndre Hopkins. I still like that trade. Yeah. So it's still going to work out great for you. So, but going into next year, I have Rob Gronkowski and nobody else, literally nobody else. Yeah. So that's a problem if he retires, but I'll be able to get somebody. Um, but that's my plan of attack. So TJ Hawkinson to me here is somebody that could be a nice plug and play guy. Cause it's kind of hard to get those tight ends that are plug and play guys. So like I feel like Mark Andrews this year was like a plug and play guy, not highly productive by the but, end of the by year. the end of the year. He was somebody you could play. Yeah. Um, but that was Chris really, Herndon, though, for well, a lot of the year was. But who the frick thought Chris Herndon was going to come out and be the guy you could plug and play? Not me. Go back to our last Tide podcast breakdowns. I don't even remember mentioning Chris Herndon's name. I definitely drafted him in a lot of leagues, so I knew about. I him. have him in some leagues too, actually. So obviously, <laughs> I knew about him too. Actually, half I was pleasantly surprised. I have a lot of Chris Herndon shares, and again, I trade for him where I don't. So. Um, I think there's a lot of intrigue here. Again, there's some more tight ends here in this list that we haven't even talked about. They're going to be, I think the second round and third round is going to be pretty abundant at tight ends. But we have guys like Caden Smith out of uh, Stanford, Caleb Wilson out of UL, UL, UCLA, um, Mac out of Notre Dame, Josh Oliver out of San Jose State. So there's some guys in here. Dawson Knox, another Ole Miss player. Yes, Dawson Knox is well down here, six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds. I'm trying to look for the biggest you got Zach Gentry out of Michigan, six eight, 
262 pounds. That's a big dude. And he and he, he declared early, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a big monster dude, man. Let me get how many six eight tight ends turn out to be pretty good. Jesse James wasn't he like six eight? Uh, and he and he was just okay. Remember Leonard Pope? I do remember. Good old was it Leonard? Yeah, Leonard Pope, okay. right? Pope. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, it was like six eight. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy could be like a red zone monster. Terrible. Yeah, the only monster he was on your bed hiding, not scoring any fancy points. Thanks a lot for the nightmares, Turtis Ferguson. <laughs> Sweet baby Jesus, give me something. So that's it. Obviously, an hour and fifteen minute episode here, right? Yeah. So, so uh, let's give away that Dynasty Nerd shirt, yep, shall we? Indeed. So to do that, we said we'd do it, give it away on the Facebook group page. Again, if you're not on Facebook and you're not part of the group page, and listen, I know a lot of people out there, and they're like, "Dude, I'm not joining freaking Facebook. It's stupid." All right, well, I'm with you on that. It's kind of stupid, but you know. All my pictures are stored on there with all my kids. <laughs> That's why I use Facebook boards. Uh, it's a storage thing for my pictures. Yes, basically. And a party planner, too. It's a really good party planner. <laughs> it's, the only, it's the only reason I'm on there. That's it's about it. So, But another reason to join is a Facebook page. Over 3,200 members on there. You can post countless polls. Any kind of question, you're going to get at least 30 responses. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic tool to have. Um, so even if you don't use Facebook to have any friends, don't even request any friends. Just create a just Facebook create profile. It's just a way to get on. Create a fake email address just to have it just for Facebook so you don't get anything else on there. Um, and join the Facebook group page. I'm going to put a post on there that's going to say, you know what to do, right? And all you got to do is go on there and put on there and talk, put a player on there that we did not talk about today in the first round. So it's got to be a player we didn't talk about. So the only thing that the only thing you have to do to qualify is to talk, put a player on there that we didn't talk about today. That's top twelve, and why they should be, why they will be a first round pick. Now, when it I could, say that, it could be one of those other guys that we mentioned, but just not one of the top twelve guys that we broke down. Yes. So all you got to do to win the shirt is I'm going to pick it randomly. Is pick a guy that we didn't talk about today. And I don't want a paragraph, right? Just like a couple sentences. It could be one sentence, honestly. You can put Rodney Anderson because if he didn't hurt his knee, the dude's going to be Barry Sanders. You know, as long as it's not like, oh, Rodney Anderson because he's going to be sweet. All right. I'm disqualifying it. It's got to be a legit, at least one sentence of why you think he's going to be good and why he should be a, he's going to be a 2019 first round rookie pick. Uh, by this time next week, we get on the pod. I will go on there. We'll pick, bust out that random number generator, and we'll pick a random person. Yep. Now, if your number comes up and it says, "Hey, I picked uh, uh, JJ Whitehead Whiteside because I like his name," then we're gonna go pick another number. That's all right. it. That's all it takes, right? Yep, that's all it takes. So, just to go over the list one more time, in case you weren't writing it down the first time we went through it, hit him, Keneal Harry. Josh Jacobs, uh, Kelvin Harmon, uh, DK Metcalf, uh, Dave Montgomery, AJ Brown, Hakeem uh, Butler, uh, Noah Fant, Paris Campbell, Riley Ridley, Irv Smith, Junior. and TJ Hawkins. Oh, those are some good players, man. Those are good players. You did it. The way but too those foolishly are the one, early 2019 mock draft. Those are the ones we don't want to hear about on the Facebook yeah, page. I will de- I will delete those comments on there. <laughs> um Again, you see my post, Rich Dotson. You're going to see me in my little Facebook picture with my family in the Cleveland Indian Stadium inside the sea. And it's just going to say, you know what to do. You know what to do. And that's it. So it's for the podcast listeners. And we'll pick one of you. And somebody's going to win a free Dyson shirt. It's going to be freaking sweet. And for mm-hmm. all the people that did give us a rating review on the uh, iTunes app, thank you so much. We appreciate it. It helps out tremendously. I thought we might get like five, maybe. We got. I, like, thought, I figured we'd be pushing one last time this week for it. Me too. 
So we always appreciate it. Again, if you didn't leave us a rating review on iTunes, uh, please do. Uh, we usually give a T-shirt away like every time we get to an extra 100 Every hundred, I think we do. It right seems like it's right around that. Yep. It's the only thing I'll do because I'll never bribe people to get. I hear people that do that. Like, oh, if you if you give us a rating review, we're going to enter you into a contest. It's like I don't want to bribe people for a review. Who please, I just beg. I just beg you, please. <laughs> yeah, just, but we're not too proud to beg. <laughs> That's what my mama said. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty. You can Matt. follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Uh, again, a lot of rookie content on there. Now it's great. Like, you know, John DeMent, a lot of our writers out there. We brought a lot more writers on here. Uh, got a lot of these rookie articles coming on. John does great small school prospects as well. I think he's already done a Daryl Henderson one as well. He definitely has. Um, yep. So it's a great way, not alone with the podcast, but it's a great way to follow around with these rookies is just get on DynastyNerds.com. Uh, I know, Matt, you updated your rankings. I did. I yep. updated my rankings, and we're just literally waiting for this uh, developer to finish out the front end and then – Coming soon, the DynastyNerds.com, very soon, hopefully by the next time we podcast, Matt, we will have PPR rankings. All right. Standard rankings. Yes. Superflex rankings. Ooh. And IDP. Sweet, man. Dynasty Nerds taking it to another level. See, when you support the site and we get money, we can hire a developer to build cool things. Exactly. And you don't even want to know what we're building right now. It's freaking sweet. And hopefully be done within a year. Because <laughs> that's how long it takes to do these things. Uh, I said these rankings are going to be up, what, were we talking about this like June? Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll probably be up in like two months. No one wants to hear about us complaining. I'm going to complain. <laughs> so in the meantime, we'll be back next week. Matt's kids puking everywhere at home, so he's got to get home. Uh, until then, toodaloo. Adios. Ready, set, put on. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.